0: well we're back to exodus chapter 33 this week and we'll finish up this little mini series next week in chapter 34 with the last of the installment from this wonderful portion concerning God's covenant with his people and the way he deals with his people i hope that you're you're thrilled with the with the idea that god is the covenant keeping God and that he has bound himself to do these things and so it will be done you know as we as we read from Hebrews we've we've been reminded here again in this portion with Moses and the people that they were not always faithful in fact they were far from it but god was always faithful and that's our hope at the beginning of the day in the middle of the day at the end of the day that's our hope is that god is faithful and that he will do all his holy will well let's read these few verses in chapter 33 beginning in wait a minute I pulled the wrong ribbon in my Bible. Now we're here. I want to back up actually to verse 12 and set the immediate context for this. So we'll begin in verse 12, but we're going to be looking specifically at 17 through 23 as printed there. Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said... I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And he said to him, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, and I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, This very thing that you have spoken I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, Please, show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, You cannot see my face, for the man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. The grass withers and the flower fades. God's word endures always. Father, thank you that that for which Moses sought, that to which Moses looked, that of which we read about in Hebrews concerning this man that was Christ and here he is showing us how how he desires to be with Christ to be in the presence of his Savior may we have this same desire may we have the same same will to be in your presence to enjoy knowing you and being known by you we pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus Amen well we've seen already in the first two sermons their sin making that silly calf they wanted a God like the nations Aaron for whatever reason said okay we'll do it give me your gold give me all your gold so they do he throws it into the fire remember how silly he said he crafted it he he shaped it but then when he's confronted about it he says i just threw it all in a fire and poof it popped out and there it was and not a person in this room or listening believes that because that's not what the bible says Aaron lied. If there had been a woman around, he would have accused her, just like Adam did in the beginning. So he accused the fire. We've also seen that God hated that. His anger burned. We've seen Moses twice already, and now we see him again interceding, playing the mediator for the people, between God and man. We've already talked about this. That's that's him. As that prophet who was the the type of, the, the picture of, he was the one that was pointing forward to the greater mediator, the greater prophet who would come, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's one of the things that the book of Hebrews is all about, is that everything that Abraham was, Everything that Moses was, everything David was, everything that the, the priests were, all pointed forward to the greater one, the better one, the superior one, Jesus Christ. So we've seen that already twice and again tonight in verse 12 and following. <clears throat> now, we see something else about Moses. And that is that he had a, a remarkable desire for intimacy with God. He didn't want to just settle for head knowledge. We could put it that way. He didn't want to just settle for head knowledge. Or as you see in the in the old westerns or even in in Little House on the Prairie books. Wasn't he just wasn't satisfied with book learning. He wanted to know God. By the way, if you haven't read the classic, there aren't many classics that have been written in the last 50 years or so, but there is at least one, and that's J.I. Packer's Knowing God. If you haven't read it, you should. This week, if you have, pull it out. Dust it off. Read it again. Who knows? It's InterVarsity Press. I bet you InterVarsity is making money on Kindle editions by now. So uh, take advantage of their money-making process and and benefit from that remarkable book, Knowing God. Now, let me kind of walk you through what's happened before this. Because Moses says, okay, now you put me out here, And you've you put these people out here, and, and I want to know something. You're telling me to bring these people up, but you haven't told me who's going to go with me. You haven't told me exactly how this is going to work. And I'm not going unless you go. Now, why did Moses say that? Well, if if you've read, in preparation for tonight, if you've read verses 1 and following, you know why Moses is concerned. Well, You can just summarize it there in verse 7. Now, Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp. You read on through, it's all in the past tense. This is the way he used to do it, but something had changed. Calvin said... That this, this used to business tells us that God had, or was rather, treating them as something of a divorcee. He wasn't He wasn't staying home. He wasn't at the tent. And they couldn't come to the tent. And so that's the reason Moses has very good reason now in verses 12 and following to say to the Lord, I, I, I'm not, okay, you've said go, I'm not going unless you go with me. And you've not been around lately. Well, it was their sin that had separated them from God, right? We know that. You've got you to gotta understand your Bible holistically. And we know from the prophets, that it's our sin that separates us. And so, Moses is feeling this. He's feeling the force of this, this divorce, as Calvin says. And I'm not going anymore without you. Now, let me just stop right there before we even move on to the three little points That really should be our prayer every morning, shouldn't it? I'm not going out those doors. I'm not going I'm not going to the bathroom, Lord. I'm not showering. I'm not shaving. I'm not going to the kitchen. Who knows how hot that coffee might be. I'm not going unless you go before me, unless you go with me. That's convicting, isn't it? Because most of us pop up or slowly move up. I heard a great story this past week about a sloth that was filmed. Baby sloth got separated from mama sloth and it was so far away mama couldn't hear it. They recorded the crying of the baby sloth, took it to the tree where the mama sloth was up in the top and turned it on with an amplifier and I forget how long it told, it told that it took the mama sloth to finally come down the tree to get the baby. Well, God's not that slow. And neither are you in the morning when you get out of bed. I don't care how slothful, how slow you are in your emotions. Some people are quicker in the morning than other people. But it doesn't matter if you're quick to wake up, quick to move. The question is, are we like Moses here? Is it, Lord, I'm not going unless you go. I'm not going out unless you go with me. That'd be a great, great prayer to pray, wouldn't it? To acknowledge that I I can't make it on my own. I can't do this out there. I'm not going to go face this world without you. That's what Moses is saying here. Now, intimacy with God is the evident point of this last passage. That's what Moses wants. He wants that intimacy. He wants to, to 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 know. Did you notice how many times the word know shows up in this? And I'll let me know whom you will send with me. And then he goes on... Uh, in other contexts to say that we'll see that as we move through and so moses is again interceding for the people so we see our christ figure again and he wants to be blessed with the favor of god like everything divine intimacy begins with god showing favor or grace to his people moses said see you say to me bring up this people But you've not let me know whom you will send with me. Verse 17. The Lord said, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do. For you have found favor in my sight. And I know you by name. You found favor. And I know you. Now, uh, let let me correct something here. When it says, he found favor... It wasn't because of anything Moses did. It wasn't because of anything the people had done. If it were based upon what the people had done, there would be no favor. This shows the initiative of God. He's the one who dispenses favor. He's the one who comes after us. Do you notice what it says? What God says there? This very thing that you have spoken I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. That's remarkable, isn't it? Again, you can't believe in a salvation that was wrought by a Savior for a generic, nondescript mass of humanity. And read that verse with any rationality, any meaning whatsoever. You following? You know there's a school of thought. Jesus just died for a massive humanity in the script. You know, just whoever would eventually believe. But everywhere in the Bible you read just the opposite of that. That he knows us. And he knew us from before the foundation of the world. He chose us in Christ from before the foundation of the world. He knows us. He shapes us in our mother's wombs. He's intimately knowledgeable of us in every detail. Far more than we are of ourselves. Or doctors are of us. I think of this often. You read someone... They've lived a wonderful, happy, uh, healthy, uh, productive life. And at some point, something happens. And they go to the hospital, and they've gone for physicals. They've gone for checkups. They've had their blood work done. They've been put through the ringer, as we say. And then something happens, and they say, oh, he was born with this. This would have been here at birth. You're like, what 15 years, 25 years, 55 years, 70 years. And we just found out about it. God knew about it because he knit us together in our mother's womb. He knew that there was that genetic, that little defect there. In the heart. Or in the lungs or in the muscles or wherever. He knows us. And he knows us better than we know ourselves. So he starts there. He says, I've shown you favor. The reason is I've known you by name. It's because God has known him that he's shown him favor. And so unless God knows us, we don't have any hope of knowing him. Moses said, please show me your glory. And he said, I'll make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. That word goodness is so pregnant. It has a, it carries with it uh, beauty and, and pleasure uh, or pleasingness, uh, goodness. I will make, in other words, I'm, I'm going to make everything you need obvious to you. But notice the couplet there. That little correlative. And proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. You remember... Paul quotes that in Romans when he's dealing with this, this great, deep doctrine of predestination and election. He says, look, it's God says, it, this is my prerogative. And by the way, just to be blunt, we're sinners and don't deserve it. Who are we? And that's basically, isn't it, what Paul says over and over in Romans chapter 9. What? You're going to question God's veracity? You're going to question God's righteousness? You're going to question God's holiness? And you're a stinking sinner? God can do anything He wants to. And by the way, He'll do it right, which is not something you and I can say about our own hearts. This is where Paul picks up, I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious, I'll show mercy on whom I'll show mercy. But he said, but you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there's a place. Now here's the force, here's the point, here's the the focus of this portion. I'm going to make all my goodness pass before you. And here's how I'm going to do it. Not so much in what you see. I'm going to protect you from what you see. I'm going to shield you from what you see. Now we read elsewhere, Moses had seen the Lord. We read about in, uh, in, in Genesis 32, we read that Jacob saw the Lord. But apparently... Not in a manner that would threaten them. And here he's going to pass by. He's going to show them all of his essential beauty and goodness. But not so as to kill him. But the way he's going to really know the Lord is from the proclamation. And proclaim before you my name. The Lord. Jehovah. The covenant faithful one. And be gracious to whom I will be gracious. Show mercy to whom I will show mercy. But you cannot see my face. For the man shall not see me and live. And that's the focus. What he proclaims. Now that's no different than the New Testament focus, is it? What the Lord's doing here. In showing favor. And answering the desire. Desire of Moses is turning him away from sight to faith. That's the whole that's the whole sweep of this passage. Moses is just like everyone else. You've heard someone say this. You don't have to admit if you said it because I know that'd be embarrassing. But you've heard someone say this. If I could just see... If I had seen what they saw... If I'd have seen that Red Sea... If I had seen Jesus' miracles... You've heard people say that, haven't you? And again... You're all too holy to have ever thought or said that. I know that. And what the Lord's saying right here is it's not about what you see, Moses. It's what I say. I'll be compassionate on whom I'm compassionate. I'll be gracious on whom I'll be gracious. I'll show mercy to whom I'll show mercy. But you cannot see my face. And then he protects him, he puts him in the cleft of the rock but that's getting a bit ahead. Moses desired the favor of the Lord, but he also wanted to be he wanted to be intimate with God. He wanted to see him, and so the Lord answers that. That was his desire was to to well, to put it in a more recent modernist appoint, uh, uh, approach to things instead of knowing God experiencing God. We live in the age of spirituality and the and spirituality not in the biblical sense. Spirituality is based on experientialism, the existential. And so books and series of books have been written on experiencing God. And God answers that right here, and he says, No, Moses. You want you want to be close up? You 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 have a desire for me. It'll come through my word. I will proclaim it to you. And he begins the proclamation right there. I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious. Merciful to whom I'll be merciful. So here's the point, y'all. If you if you have if you have found favor with God, you will also desire God. If you desire God, the way that desire is going to be met is through hearing Him. Not by seeing him. Oh, we'll observe his providential works. That's not, what Mo- that's not what Moses is asking for here and that's not what God is responding to. Our desire for God will be fulfilled and met in him speaking to us and he speaks to us through his Word. And that brings us to that last point. Faith. Faith in God. That's what's right there in verses 19 and following that we've already read into. You cannot see my face. And what that does is it takes Moses from the realm of sight and shifts his 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 spiritual vision now to the realm of faith. And isn't that what we read about in Hebrews chapter 11 that he lived by faith. This was not about sight any longer. And remember Moses had seen all this. He'd he had seen all these great deeds. And he was going to see other things. That God calls him to faith. Faith comes from hearing God's word. Moses couldn't look upon the immense glory of God, but he had to take a glimpse. And that's all the Lord was going to give him. But it was going to be sufficient because what was sufficient about that was that I'm going to explain all this to you, Moses. I want to tell you all about myself. One of my favorite lines in a, in a movie, I started to say a, a, a recent movie, but it's really not, it comes from a few good men. And it's when the Tom Cruise character has the Jack Nicholson character on the stand and he's pummeling him trying to get to the truth and finally Jack Nicholson comes back and says what do you want from me and he says I want the truth and he says you can't handle the truth and that's God is saying here you can't handle all of me Moses I am too immense, I am too great, I'm too holy. But you can have all you need, and I'm going to tell you all you need. And I'm going to show you all you need. And here's the question, are we happy with all we need? Are we satisfied with what God gives us and what God says to us? That's a, that's a penetrating question, isn't it? I'm convinced, you covenant folks who have been here a while, you've heard me say this, I don't say it often. But in all the aberrant theologies, the twist on justification, the new perspectives on Paul being an example of that. The more I studied that, the more I interacted with some of the, the, the players in that movement. They weren't they just were not satisfied with Jesus. Jesus was just not enough. It had to be something a little more. And and God's saying to Moses here, you gonna ha- you're gonna have to be happy with me the way I give you myself, not the way you think I should do things. Are you happy just with me? And what we find out from here and we find out more fully in Hebrews is, yeah, Moses, was was he was satisfied. He had found the favor of the Lord. His desires had been met. And he lived by faith. And faith alone. Not by sight. Let me go back to a, a verse of Scripture that Paul brings up in 2 Corinthians 5. Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Spirit as a pledge, therefore being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight, but we are of good courage and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. So Paul picks up on this theme of living by faith, not by sight, and he says, "That's how we're gonna. That's how we're gonna enjoy the glory of God. That's how we're gonna realize His glory, and His grace, and His mercy, and all that He is. Is by faith, believing what He says. I'm gonna say this again. We don't. We don't simply believe." in Jesus Christ. We believe Jesus Christ. You know a lot of people who say that their faith is in Jesus, but they don't don't believe the Bible. Well, I'm gonna tell you, that cannot be. That's a contradiction. Unless your faith is built on belief in God, belief in Jesus in other words you trust him completely then your faith has no sound basis it's just your own contrived faith which is not a saving faith intimacy with God is through faith not sight Moses had seen God but whatever that vision it was not the fullness of God that was reserved for now to hear what God has to say, and trust him. Just do what I say, Moses. I'm not going to let you see my face. But you're going to see everything you need to know as I do my work in your midst. So, next time you're tempted to say, if only I could, don't. just turn to God's word and say I trust what he says this is all I need and this is absolutely sufficient and it makes me happy and then you just live there knowing that he's given you everything you need to be happy and holy in this life and the life to come father thank you for this passage it's a full passage. It's it's difficult in a sense because your spirit. And here we are talking about seeing spirit and and you're right to call us to faith. May we hear what you've proclaimed in our presence tonight. And may we see all your wonderful deeds in this world and give you credit because we live by faith. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.